Welcome to Sharing the Magic, the podcast that takes you on a journey through the enchanting worlds of Disney. Each week, we're joined by a special guest. Whether they're a magician creating moments of astonishment or a Disney expert sharing the secrets behind the magic of the happiest place on earth. Together, we'll uncover the stories, inspirations, and behind-the-scenes tales that bring these worlds to life. So, get ready to be spellbound and transported to a place where dreams come true. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sharing the Magic. I am your ghost host, Barry, and tonight we have a very interesting guest that um, is going to talk a little bit about Disneyland and one iconic piece of Disneyland specifically. But first, before we introduce him, we're going to introduce our cast and we're going to say hello to our favorite Disney dad, to Matt. Matt, how you doing? I am doing great tonight, Barry. Would have been a little bit better if our football team won, but I am excited for our conversation tonight and for our guest. Yes, um, I'm I'm trying to keep it on the down low. So, <laughs> so uh, next up we have uh, the Disney mom, Lisa. Lisa, how you doing? Hi, Barry. I'm I'm great. I am still not even sure what football game was played today that you're devastated about, but. I'm really just excited to talk about Disney. Cool. Yeah, it was a team from Texas playing a team from Pennsylvania. So Oh, just little teams then, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Like division three schools. All right. And last we got the the real Lady Divine. Lindsay. Lindsay, how you doing? I am doing fabulous that my team won. Sorry for your loss, Matt and Barry. <laughs> and welcome, Dawn, to the show tonight. Seven more days until I'm Disney, so I won't be here next week, but I am getting super excited. Yay. Jealous. <laughs> Very exciting. And I'm so it, it, it almost feels like, you know, just all the cuts have salt in them right now and That's lemon juice is poured all say. over them. I know, but She's we love like, you, Barry. I'm out. Yeah. My team won, beat yours, and I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> um. <laughs> Other than that, Mike I'm happy dropped. to be here. Yeah. She's done. So. All right. Like I said before, um, our guest tonight has uh, written a couple books on a famous place in Disneyland, and uh, we'll let him explain it to you. We are happy tonight to have Don Baylor join us. Don, how you doing? Doing great, and it's great to be on this uh, this show. Uh, it's great to have you. Don, let's jump right in. Why don't you tell us um, how you got your love for Disney? Oh, let's see. I can remember as far back as, as um, watching the Sunday night Wonderful World of Color, Wonderful World of Disney shows, um, and that making an impact on me. And I've, I've loved Disney probably since then. Um, but the, the Disneyland Hotel sparked my interest in the mid-90s. Uh, when my wife and I were checking into our room one day, and that was the old, the original version of the Disneyland Hotel. Um, and we met a bellman there that was taking us to our garden room. And he said, nobody's ever written anything on the history of this place. Um, and he had been there since 1968. So he was there almost 30 years. 
And so I kind of filed that away and said, by gosh, I'm going to write something on the history of this place because um, I had a bucket list in college that I was going to achieve this, this, and this. And one of those was to write a book. Um, so um, I just compiled information and I eventually got enough together to come out with the book on the 50th anniversary of Disneyland in 2005. And there were hundreds, if not thousands of books on Disneyland, but there was nothing on the hotel. So it wasn't like I was, uh, you know, I had a lot of reference material to to go by and everything. But thank goodness for eBay when eBay came along, because then I could, I could, you know, place bids. But, but my poor wife, I was up. Sometimes I didn't know about Auction Sniper and things like that. And I was up being trying to be the last bidder and everything on all these things. And I spent enough to to equal redoing her kitchen. So she calls my collection her kitchen. So. <laughs> So, so Don, let me ask you. So, what? Um, I, I understand that you, um, you know, you've been to the hotel, you've talked to the bellman, things like that. But what actually drew you into it? I mean, I mean, was it the history of it? Was it uh, the actual just because it was in Disneyland? Uh, what, what, what drew you to that? Well, it's like this guy. His name is Mike Connors, and he was a bellman. He said that there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of you know, architectural history, people who've stayed there, how the 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 uh, hotel paralleled the growth of the park, how the original owner, Jack Rather, Jack and Benita Rather, had many similarities to the Disney family. Um, so the parallels there. Um, and there were there turns out that there was a pretty interesting uh story or interesting history from the hotel as well as 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 from Disneyland. I mean it had a lot of firsts in hotels. And um, it was also, in my opinion, um, that a trip wasn't complete unless you stayed at a Disney hotel uh, to, to complete your, your vacation experience. You know, you, you checked in and you were already immersed in, in Disney just in checking into the hotel. Um, even though the main event was across the, the parking lot, you still got a good Disney experience uh, when you checked into the hotel. And Jack Rather, the original owner, knew that. And he knew that he was second fiddle to the to the park, but he tried to make the hotel as as welcoming and as fun of a stay as you could have uh, when when you weren't in the park and everything, and uh, and uh, created a lot of things for families to do inside the hotel as well. So, Donald, that was something that I found really interesting. So, I'm a, I'm a Disney World guy. I've never been to Disneyland. I hope to one day change that. But when Barry told us that you were coming on and I started to kind of dig into some of that stuff, I, I thought it was interesting that it was not Disney's hotel, right? Like I'm used to Disney World where Disney owns all of the hotels, builds them like they've had it from start to finish and that's it. But Disneyland was owned by somebody else. Could you explain that a little bit more? Like how did that happen for them? How did they get to have that hotel there? Well, in 1954 and 1955, when Walt Disney was first building Disneyland, I mean, he had sunk every penny he had. Uh, he was borrowing. He was, you know, spending against life insurance policies and 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 trying to dig up money every every place he could possibly do it. Um, and he just didn't have the money to build an upscale hotel that he knew that he would need to attract guests. Uh, to spend the night because he wanted people to go to Disneyland more than one day. He wanted them to go multiple days because that's, you know, multiple admission, multiple food and sales and things. And he knew that you couldn't just see Disneyland in one day. 
So through their ABC connections, uh, the Disney ABC connection was the Disneyland television show, which later became the, the world of color and the world of Disney, the wonderful world of color and the wonderful world of Disney. And Jack Rather's television show, The Lone Ranger, which was also broadcast on ABC, through their ABC connections, they came together in the fall of 1954, and the deal was worked out to where uh, the Rather Corporation, and that's W-R-A-T-H-E-R, got a 99-year lease to uh, build and operate the Disneyland Hotel there in the middle of the Orange Groves. Um, And that's that's how it took place. Jack had the money. And uh, and Walt needed somebody with the money, and he built the hotel. Also, one of the myths that I've been able to put aside is that um, he went to his friend, Jack Rather, who had no experience in the hotel business. That's just not true. Jack Rather owned Laurie Zahn Hotel in Palm Springs from 1952 and the Twin Oaks Lodge in Las Vegas. So this was the third hotel that Jack Rather owned, not the first. So he did know something about the hotel business. Um, which I'm sure helped in the negotiations, because there were several people that wanted to get in as well on the uh, on the deals with the with the hotel, even some major name chains that that wanted to to be a part of it as well. How involved was Disney in like the creation of the hotel, the design? Where like I- I'm sure this had to be some sort of, even though he's giving it to to Jack rather to build, I'm sure there has to be some sort of partnership there as well. Well, uh, Disney actually did not design the Disney company or Walter Roy Disney did not have any 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 help whatsoever with uh, with Disney in designing it. However, Jack did run Jack rather did run everything by Disney that he had planned on doing and everything was themed to families. So the rooms would have multiple beds and multiple room for kids, you know, to go. And that was a kind of a unique thing in the 50s because hotels and motels were mostly for businessmen to travel. Um, they weren't geared towards families. But he did some safety features like the heat lamps and things were up a little higher so the kids wouldn't have access to them um, and uh, uh, you know, had kids shows and kids activities at the hotel. Um, and the, the thought behind it was while dad was at his convention, mom and the kids would be at the hotel and then going to Disneyland and uh, the dad could then join them when his convention ended at the end of the day. And then they could all go back to the hotel for dinner or for the pool or whatever, uh, ever other amenity that they wanted to do at the hotel. And it had many. So Disney didn't didn't get involved in the design or everything or anything. But they uh, they did kind of have final say, unofficially final say. And I only have one instance in, in the massive amount of research that I've done of one conflict between Disney and Jack Rather. And that's when Jack put the words Hotel Disneyland at the top of the uh, of the first tower. And the reason it said Hotel Disneyland and not Disneyland Hotel was because there was a looking glass elevator kind of to the left of the building and only the word hotel would fit in that section. And then Disneyland um, in 1966, when they doubled the size of that building, they were able to put Disneyland Hotel but anyway, uh, you could actually see that from that sign from within Disneyland. And they, uh, Disney company took great lengths to separate you from the outside world. And they didn't want anybody to see beyond the berm. But in certain sections of what is now New Orleans Square, when New Orleans Square wasn't there, you could see that 
sign, uh, especially at night when the neon red was on. And that's the only kind of, uh, and it wasn't even that huge of a falling out because they discussed it and they said when New Orleans Square is built and Pirates goes in, uh, that view will be obliterated. You won't see it anywhere. But that's the only uh, thing I ever saw that they were kind of at, at, um, uh, at a cross with each other on that. Um, there was a little bit uh, when they were doing the Florida project, uh, Jack Rather definitely wanted in on the Florida project. He wanted to build a hotel in Florida, but Disney had money at that time uh, and they didn't need Jack anymore. So he wasn't involved in building a hotel in Florida. Uh, he was he was left out of those, even though he had expressed interest that he wanted to. But they just said, you know, basically, OK, thanks. We'll we'll keep that in mind. But they never they never called on him to do anything there. That's interesting. I find that so cool because it's it is very different from Disney World, right? And that's like that's where I know, and that's it, it's like a completely different story where you had these outside factors and people that were kind of helping shape what Disneyland was was going to become. But uh, Lisa or Lindsay, did you guys have uh, any questions that I know? I know a few of you said you had a couple you wanted to share. I um, I noticed. Um, that you have written a couple of books, Donald, right? Um, mm -hmm. On the early years versus um, the, the, let's see, the 1954 to 59 version. Um, can you tell me a little bit about those um, and uh, what the differences are that are of, of note for those of us that aren't aware? So the first book that I did was 1954 to 1988, and that was the Rather years, Jack and Bonita Rather. They sold the hotel to Disney in 1988. Jack Rather had passed away in 1984. Bonita passed away in 1987. Their son, Christopher, took over the company. Um, and I wanted to concentrate on pre-Disney for the hotel for the first book. That came out in 2005. And that kind of gives a, uh, an overall guide of the years that the Rather Company or Corporation owned the hotel and what they did to improve it, um, add upon it, um, and make it uh, make it the perfect, uh, like Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson or Tonto to the Lone Ranger. Uh, they made it so where it was fun for guests to go. Um, and I didn't want to focus on when uh, when Disney bought it. I did come up with another book that I only printed about three or four hundred copies that took it over from 1989 or 88 till about 2000 when they tore down the original hotel to build downtown Disney. Uh, but I only did a very limited print run of that one. Um, and if you can find one of those, get it because I don't hardly ever see them. I wish I would have kept about 10 copies of that. But uh, but anyway, um, so that's the first book. The second book was 1954 to 1959. What I decided I wanted to do was do it by decades because this third book is going to be on the 60s, the 1960s at the hotel, which, by the way, is the most dynamic decade for the hotel. Um, and, uh, you know, with Disneyland doing all the additions in 59, the hotel would catch up in 60 and 61 with the monorail being extended to it, the tower buildings. Um, and, and things being added rather than the two-story structures. And that's the, the the second book was, it's it's really interesting because I, I was driving home one night and Christopher rather called me and he said, hey, Don, we've got this storage vault in Hollywood. He said, and I, I haven't been there in 35 years. 
He said, I bet you there's some business-related things in there. And business-related was Lone Ranger, Lassie. Uh, they owned the concessions at the Spruce Goose and the Queen Mary and the Disneyland Hotel. And he said, you might find a couple of things in there, you know, that you'll find very interesting. So I told my wife, I said, because um, I, I live in Northern California, about 40 miles south of San Francisco. And this is down in Hollywood. I told my wife, I said, uh, let's go down there and we'll just go for the day. We'll leave at seven in the morning, come back at seven or eight at night. Um, and I told her, I said, if I find 10 pictures in this storage vault that I haven't seen before, this will be a successful trip. I've scanned 2,100 pictures and I found 17 films three of which have Disneyland's opening day in color, filmed by Jack Rather from July 17, 1955, including Walt Disney dedicating Disneyland in color. So the the trip, you know, needless to say, was a gold mine. And when Chris asked me that, and he said, do you want to go down there and take a look? I said, is this a trick question? Of course I want to go down, you know, and take a look. And, you know, just the pictures that I found, uh, as well as the films, it's just it was just a gold mine. So that vault find led me to create the first book on the fifties because there was hundreds of pictures there from the fifties, from the groundbreaking, you know, to the aerial views of the hotel in fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven, all the way to fifty nine, um, and it just had. I, I found thirty seven photos of Walt Disney that nobody had ever seen before. Um, so it was just it, it, it was beyond a gold mine. In, in finding that, but that led to the second book, the, the 50s book. And the third book on the 60s, which I should have out in a few months, um, happened because I started meeting people that used to work at the hotel or that were involved in the hotel. One of those was a gentleman named Alfred Nicholson. And who was Al Nicholson? Well, Al Nicholson was part of the ar architectural firm of Weber and Nicholson. And what did they do? They were the architects for the original towers at the Disneyland Hotel, among other things, the monorail station, uh, the, the ballrooms and everything. Al was the original architect. I met him when he was 92 years old. He lived in Malibu, California, and he drove up to see me. And when he drove up, he opened his trunk and there was a whole trunk full of pictures and blueprints and documents wow. and everything. And he said, copy whatever you want, keep it as long as you want. Yeah. So um, I got a bunch of stuff on the 60s from that one. Uh, and that's why this 60s book is now coming out. And I actually have to break this book up into two books because if not, it would have been a 400-page book and oh, wow. and it would have been too heavy to ship and too heavy to, to carry and things. So I'm breaking up from 60 to 64 and 65 to 69. Uh, so I'll have two two versions of the 60s books. And they're each going to be about 200 pages each with with uh, with unbelievable pictures um, of, of some of the happenings in the 60s. Like I said, the most dynamic decade for the hotel. Um, and it's it's going to be really cool. They um, Jack Rather in 1964 was named to the board of directors at Capitol Records. And who recorded at Capitol? The Beatles. Guess who they got to meet? And guess who they took pictures <laughs> with? So I have all these pictures of, of the Rather family with the Beatles in 1964. Uh, and that's just one little thing, you know, that I'm telling you about that uh, from from this vault find. It was just incredible. That vault sounds absolutely amazing, just like a, a museum in itself. And then, you know, just the meeting with um, Al Nicholson sounds fantastic as well. 
lots of opportunity to gather pieces of history that no one has necessarily documented before. Um, and I know you said just a few months, the third book, third and fourth kind of <laughs> will be out or um, will those all be at your at your website? You know, I don't know you if know. I'm going to self-publish this one or if I'm going to go with a with a publisher because I really it's a it's a lot of work to write a book and then it's a lot of work if you're self-publishing because you're not only the researcher and the author but you're also the shipping and receiving clerk and the you know the the concierge with questions and things like that and it's a lot of work um, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do on that, but I'll I'll know here in about another month. I'm still going through the graphics and 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 trying to you know make everything fit with the text and optimize the pictures and things because uh, I have probably over a thousand pictures in this one for for both volumes and some of these are some that were in that storage vault that nobody's ever seen before uh, and they're really cool pictures not just of the the hotel but of Disneyland. The surrounding area, like the the, air, the hotels on Harbor Boulevard and Catella, uh, the book will deal with that as well. And just the overall growth of Anaheim and Orange County. Uh, and the introduction will cover the growth of Southern California from the from the World War II to uh, the time that Disneyland was built. So it gives a nice kind of introduction to how the area developed. Uh, but I've had to curtail a lot of stuff my introduction i think was 53 pages and i had to <laughs> get it down to like 17 pages because i could have probably done a book just from the introduction you know with that area and, and stuff because i get i i get overboard and i start adding you know this this is like the the uh, guy that's helping me with the layout the other day said you got too many pictures in this section i said yeah but they're all cool pictures you know and he said now you got to remove a couple of them you know you got a 500 page book here yeah so but it's hard. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but I get carried away, you know, and, <laughs> and, and things. So, well, your passion definitely shows through my um, other question. I, I know I asked about the website, but, and where they'd be available, but my actual, uh, the other question was, what do you feel sets the Disneyland hotel apart from any, any other hotel that a guest could choose to stay at? It's, it's, the like I said, it's the extension to your. It, it, it's a. It's the completeness of your trip. Um, you're staying in a Disney facility that's Disney, especially now. They're dis totally Disney themed. The service is is second to none. Uh, you know, just just walking the grounds, the restaurants, the shops, and everything. Um, and now with this new tower that they got, the DVC, the the Vacation Club Tower. Um, I had a tour of that a couple of weeks ago, um, and then I got to do a presentation inside a 3,400-square-foot suite at the penthouse of that tower. It's a two-story, three-bedroom suite, and it was just mid-century modern, just absolutely amazing. It was just great. And they have brought back the two-story garden vias that you can stay in that I loved. Uh, those were there when the, when the hotel was first built. Um, uh, until they went to towers in 1961 and 1962, but it's just you—the minute you drive up and get out of your car and you check in, you're already immersed in the in the in the Disney experience, and you're already living that that world. There's characters in the lobby and and 
the pool area is so cool and it's and it's steamboat willie themed in the new dvc tower um and they have a lot of interactive things in the lobby of that um and it's just it's just amazing it's just like a a destination of its own uh and then you still get to go to disneyland you know it's like two two spots in a row that you know you get to hit up and and uh it's just beyond cool but um the other thing that i was going to say is the original plans for that hotel were to have only those two-story garden structures, and they were going to have 650 rooms. Uh, well, Al Nicholson told me that one day he was at work on Wilshire Boulevard in, in um, Los Angeles, and he was building, uh, he was doing a building for a guy named Donald Duncan. And who was Donald Duncan? Well, he was the guy that invented the Duncan yo-yo. And anyway, he was having a, I forgot, 20-story uh, uh, Marie Antoinette Towers, which were condos and apartments for wealthier people. And Jack Rather happened to be driving by there one day, and uh, he turned his car around and stopped and pulled up to the construction trailer where Al Nicholson and his wife Betty were in. And he said, what are you guys doing here? And they said, oh, we're building a tower for Donald Duncan. And he goes, a tower? He goes, wow. He goes, I own the Disneyland Hotel. Could we put one of these at the hotel. And he said, I don't see why not. So he brought Al and his business partner, Kurt Weber, to the hotel. And they said, oh, yeah, you got plenty of room. We can." They drew up plans. And so from that meeting on in 1959-60, the idea to build towers there was born just from a chance drive-by from a construction project that Weber and Nicholson were building. And I thought that was a, a pretty cool story as well. I love it. Thank you. So, uh, Dan, let me ask you a question. Um, now, with the Disneyland Hotel, I know in, in New York City, the big thing in the 60s, 50s, 60s, were the, was the TWA Hotel. Most of the people stayed there. You know, you had a lot of uh, Hollywood royalty that would come and stay there. What, was that kind of the same feel that you got at the Disneyland Hotel? What Was there a lot of... I, I know how close it is to Hollywood. Do they still come and stay there regardless of it? Oh, yeah. They build it as the place to, to see and be seen. And the, and the photographs and the archives and everything that I found, I mean, John Wayne stayed there, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, Sean Connery, Steve McQueen, uh, you name it. Who, if you were anybody, you stayed there. And the Rathers also understood the need for kind of seclusion or or or, or being away from people so that the celebrities weren't uh, disturbed or bothered like at dinner. So when they built the presidential suite in the Marina Tower, they built it with a full kitchen. And what they would do is like when Lucille Ball was staying there with her children or whatever, they would send a chef up with the food and they would cook their meals in that full kitchen in that suite. And then they would serve uh, the, the dinner. They had a huge dining room table in that room as well. It's now the blue sky suite, which is also really cool. It's de decorated in mid-century modern, uh, which is my, one of my favorite eras. And uh, it's, it's just really nice, but they, they had the ability for celebrities to stay away from the the crowds below um and then they also had private areas within the restaurants uh that they could go to but bonita jack's wife was a movie actress in the 30s and 40s and she was nominated for an academy award in the 1930s 
uh, as an actress. So she knew what that kind of lifestyle was like and knew that, you know, people are hounded when they're out in the public and everything. So they tried to create some things, VIP treatments for the people that stayed there, not just the movie celebrities too, but there were a lot of royalty in there. Uh, you know, a lot of Prince and, and Diana was in there and a lot of people, the Shah of Iran and the king of this and the queen of that, they all stayed in there too. And they were they were given that extra special treatment as well as seclusion if they needed it. All right. Lindsay, do you have a question? Uh, yeah, I actually do. Um, so asking your opinion on the Disney World hotels compared to Disneyland hotels, is there one at Walt Disney World that sets the standard for Walt Disney World, like Disneyland hotels? You know, I've been to Disney World, I think, four times. Um, the last one that we stayed at was the Boardwalk. Um, but they're they're all a lot different than the Disneyland Hotel. Um, when they were built, when they were getting ready to build the hotels at uh, Disney World, they wanted them themed like the contemporary was like a modern themed and the Polynesian was, you know, obviously Polynesian. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Disneyland Hotel is a more of a mid-century kind of a design and everything. And it had areas like they had shows and things that were themed. But at, at Disney World, they're more themed to like a guest's likings, like a sports one. There's a Wilderness Lodge. You know, there's the High Rollers or the Grand Floridian, you know. So they're more themed to to different um kind of tastes and needs as well as budgets but the disneyland hotel you know just catered to everybody they did have room categories and things that you could stay at that were you know moderately priced all the way up to pretty expensive for the time but they catered to everybody because it wasn't particularly themed that somebody would want to go you know like to the to the polynesian or or something like that Uh, so they were they were a lot different uh but but they were also meant to be more spread out at Disney World, whereas at Disneyland, you you know basically just had Disneyland Park, and the hotel was actually located at the exit of Disneyland Park, uh, with a convenient gas station right there, so you could gas up before you went home. But it was the only one uh, official one there, you know, for a number of years before the the uh, Grand Californian or or Pixar or. Um, you know, the hotels that they have there now, but it catered to more of a generic kind of a crowd. What was your favorite at Walt Disney World when you stayed? Well, I wanted to stay at the Grand Floridian, but they uh, sent us out there. We stayed at the boardwalk, but it was really nice. I really liked it. I like taking the boats over to, to parks and things like that. Yeah. It's um, yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I like that. Um, Disney World is a whole different experience. Um, you know, they're all spread out and everything. Whereas at Disneyland, you do a lot of walking. Oh, well, you do at Disney World too. But to get to a park, you're taking some form of transportation. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, an originalist kind of a guy. Um, I don't get the same. I love Disney World and I love the Magic Kingdom at Disney World, but I don't get the same feeling that I get when I go there as opposed to say standing in front of the castle at Disneyland because I know that at Disneyland that that was Walt's Walt Disney's direct doings and and he that was his dream and his passion 
And uh, I know that I'm at a, at a very special place. I know he was very passionate about Disney World, too, but obviously he passed away before that could even open or before I think even before they even started really building on it. But I like being at the original, you know, what started everything. And so I get that feeling at Disneyland. Um, but I still it's like. You know, I, I still love and experience at Disney World. We have a blast when we go there and everything. But Disneyland, there's just something magical and special to me, at least, about being there. How often do you frequent Disneyland? Well, I was telling somebody the other day that um, I'm about 400 miles away from there. But we, at one time, we were getting ready to go to Disneyland. And we have three kids. And my kids said, do we have to go to Disneyland again? We were going oh, no. so much. Yeah. <laughs> we were going so much. They It just wasn't anything new to them anymore. But that's usually when I was doing something like a speaking engagement or something was in the books or a, a, a research jaunt or something uh, that we would go down there. But we were going down at least a couple of times a month uh to disneyland um so i just told them i said okay we'll just leave you home with babysitters and they said no nah, we'll go and they <laughs> they always had a good time hey, one time we went and uh they gave us the pirates of the caribbean suite um, oh, wow. and it was like 2500 dollars a night and we got it for five nights and uh the the person that brought us up to our room said uh, Kobe Bryant had just been there with his son for his birthday this was 10 years ago something like that but the thing about it is at the Pirates of the Caribbean suite, at least at Disneyland, when you ring the doorbell, what sound do you hear? You hear, yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. Do you know how many times my kids rang that doorbell <laughs> and how many times many. I heard? Yeah, I heard that. But that, too, was it was either a two or a three bedroom suite. And it was occupied, I think, four whole rooms um, on the on the. Uh, uh, top of the uh it used to be the sierra tower but it was incredible the, the artifacts that they had in there and just the amenities and every night they had mickey cookies and milk on a table for us and everything we just we felt like royalty it was just it was awesome it's definitely a cool experience though donald i saw that uh you you got the opportunity to be on the disney plus show behind the attractions right talking about the disneyland hotel correct Two quick questions about that. What was just that experience like? Because I love that show. I love that Disney Plus is doing these different types of programs where us as Disney fans get those behind the scenes stories, right? Like I loved prop culture and I love the Imagineering story. And I just really like that they're doing that. So what was that like? And what else would you like to see Disney do with that type of stuff and with the Disneyland Hotel? Because honestly, I didn't know they had these books. You know, your books were out there. I didn't know. Like, I, I and I want that. Like, that's a type of stories and information that I, I crave, but we don't really know it's there. So what was it like to be on the show? And then what would you like to see Disney do to keep keep that going? Yeah, that's that was a, a, a real fun experience. Um, and I, I it, again, I was, I forgot, I think I was traveling. Um, and of all places, I was in Helsinki, Finland. It wasn't through, it wasn't a Disney trip. I know, I know Helsinki, Finland, who goes to Helsinki, Finland, but it was beautiful there. And I loved it. And the people were nice, but I was in Helsinki and my phone rang and, you know, obviously there are different time zones there. 
Um, and it was a guy from uh, the Nacelle company. And he said, hi, I'm so-and-so. And we're getting ready to do this series on uh, people's favorite attractions, the behind-the-scenes stories. And one of the ones ideas that we're coming up with is the Disneyland Hotel. And I was told by several, several people that you're the guy to talk to about that. So um, I wanted to fly home that second. I wanted to leave <laughs> Finland immediately. Uh, I did. I was leaving the next day anyway, and I got a hold of them uh, there, and they flew me down there, and we had some discussions. Well, at the same time they they flew me down, I made another trip to the vault, and I found even more films, uh, you know, that, um, that that could be used and everything. But anyway, so... I started showing him some of the photos on my hard drive from my computer and some of the film footage and things that I had. Uh, and they said, they called me like a day and a half later and said, we're definitely doing one on the hotel. Can we use your stuff? You know? And I said, Oh, absolutely. Um, and I just remember that the day that I went down there to film um, that night, when they were driving me back to the Burbank airport, the NBA went out for COVID and basically the world shut down like the next day. So yeah. I got it in perfect timing. <laughs> but virtually everything that you see on the at least the hotel episode, the footage, the stills, um, those are all things that I had that I contributed to them uh, to do that. Uh, that episode, all of that film footage you see and the still photos, I think I think 98 percent of that came from uh, my contributions and everything. Uh, I thought it, I thought it went over well. I have one big, huge complaint is they call her Bonnie rather. And it's Bunny, not Bonnie. Her nickname was Bunny. Her name was Bonita. And they keep calling her Bonnie through the episode. Um, and I told them, let me see it when you're done. So if there's any errors, I can help you correct it. But they were kind of in a hurry to get it, get it on TV. But I honestly, and I know that I'm highly biased and opinionated here, but I <laughs> think the hotel episode has the most history in it and the most uh, uh, you know, fun photos and footage and everything. Um, I'm not as crazy about this last batch that they released. I mean, I like the Pirates one and things, but I'm not as crazy about those as the first 10 that they released. But I am pitching a new idea to them, and that's Nacelle uh, and Seven Bucks Productions. I want to do a show on the idea and the building of Disneyland and up to opening day. And I'll let them use that opening day footage. Um, and I'm telling you, this opening day footage that I have is absolutely incredible. To give you an idea, okay, I brought footage to the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. And I had a special meeting with Ron Miller and Diane Disney Miller uh, several years ago. And I showed them this footage and Diane kind of grabbed me by the arm and she said, stop, pause right there. Back up a little bit when I was showing her this footage. She goes, now go forward a little bit. And I froze, I froze the frame on this one picture. And it was during the dedication, just before Walt was dedicating Disneyland. And she got like a tear in her eye. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, you know, 
I wasn't there that day. She said, but that still frame right there that you have is probably one of the happiest moments in my father's life. So in that footage that that was captured that Jack Rather filmed with his Bell and House uh, 16 millimeter camera, we captured uh, one of the most poignant moments in Walt Disney's life. And I think that's really cool, yeah. you know, to, to to have something like that. Um, but with that footage and with the uh, with the other uh, you know things that I have for that, I think that that could possibly even outdo the hotel episode. I think people would love to see something on the the building and the and the opening day of Disneyland, um, and I, I think it would be incredibly popular. Oh yeah, I would definitely watch that show. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Like yeah, you know, I, and I've never been to Disneyland. In a heartbeat, I would watch that type of show. That sounds amazing, especially the fact that you have like actual footage where yeah. you would get to see. Because I know that's the thing about a lot of, you know, I want to go to Disneyland. One of My wife and I are actually right now debating about if we want to go this summer or not. And the one thing we consistently go to is it's Walt's Park. It's where Walt walked. It's like you mm-hmm. get to experience that. So like the footage and the pictures that you have and and. The fact that his, you know, his daughter is like, I've never seen that. And that's like the happiest moment of his life or one of the happiest moments of his life. Like that means a lot. And I think people would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. And I and I actually go back to the locations that Jack Rather was filming from his perspective. And it just really makes me visualize, you know, what was going on that day. And and to see this in color, because the Dateline Disneyland show is uh, black and white. And it's also that kind of the the footage isn't real good because they actually filmed a television screen of that show um, and I forgot what the process was called uh, but it's very poor video quality this that I have is perfectly preserved Kodak color it looks um, it looks just gorgeous. If you get a chance, I have a Facebook page, Disneyland Hotel, the early years, and I posted some still pictures from it on there, Disneyland Hotel, the early years. Take a look and look at those pictures and tell me that the, the color in those and the, the, the content and context of those isn't just absolutely incredible. It's just a slice of Americana that, you know, was locked away in this vault and may have never been found. The footage was on these reels of film, and some of the footage was like in the middle of the reel. So you had to look through the whole thing, you know, of rather family happenings, like they're getting a new dog or swimming in their pool at their house or, you know, going to the store or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're at Disneyland on July 17th, 1955, and my jaw was just like dropping. Um, I also showed those to the people in the archives um, at at the the Disney company in Burbank and their jaws were dropped saying, oh my gosh, this is some of the most incredible footage we've ever seen, you know, Disneyland in color on opening day. So it's really cool stuff and it would make for a really cool episode. I don't know if they're going to do a season three on that, but um, this would make for a wonderful episode. Don, one one of the questions... I, I've asked a lot of our guests to come on, uh, especially those who who handle the history side of Disney. And one of the things that kind of impressed me is how um, there seems to be a certain niche of people who love the history of Disney. Love, love everything about it. Love about, you know, especially Disneyland, Disneyland Hotel, things like that. Then there's, a you know, the modern group of people that, 
you know, it's the what have you done for me lately, you know, yeah. Disney. Um, so tell me, and you can tell our listeners why why visit Disneyland Hotel? What what would they see that they will not see anywhere else? What is the big offer? What's the big take for them there? Well, you know, it's like it's like a super fancy restaurant. It's, experience it at least once in your life. And, you know, most people, you know, their budget won't let them go to Tavern on the Green or, you know, whatever. It, it, it's what I say is, is it, it is more expensive than the other hotels around there. But you've got to experience it at least once in your life because the attention to detail, that Disney touch that you get from staying there um, – and to know that you're staying in the original hotel, you know, from the Disney parks, it's the it's the the, the godfather, godmother of all the hotels. It's the first one. And everybody kind of was an offshoot or a pattern after that one. That's the model that they followed. So it, it really is special. It's also the one that Walt Disney would stay at and Diane Disney and Sharon Disney would stay at as well. So not just the history, but just just the Disney touches and the the atmosphere, the music playing, the pools, the restaurants, Goofy's Kitchen, the shops, you know, it just oozes Disney. And 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 if you look in the right places, you you can even pick up on some real Disney history that still remains there. Um, but it's just a it's just a real cool experience. Even if you don't stay there, it's not in your budget. You can still go there and go through the lobby and go through the hallway. Um, they have an interesting wing there by the over by the convention facilities, and there's the Rathers through the decades. Um, and I supplied all the pictures for that as well. Uh, but there's some really cool pictures in there and stories of the hotel as it evolved. But the hotel evolved as Disneyland evolved. When Disneyland would get a new e-ticket attraction or something, the hotel would add rooms. Um, you know, when they added Space Mountain, they would add a new tower. You know, they the parallels between those two as well as the parallels between Walt Disney and Jack Rather, both family men, both took a huge risk in building a hotel or a park out in the middle of nowhere in Anaheim. But that's all rolled into this. That experience took place right there. And when you go to sleep there at night and your headboard lights up with firework shooting, you know, and the TV channels that show stuff to the real little kids and things um, and the and the service that you get there, um, it's just second to none. Um, and a lot of the other hotels, they're nice people and everything, but it just doesn't have that magic, that that uh, extra extra attention to detail, you know, that you'll get at a, at a Disney hotel. Um, and we've also stayed at the Grand California, and that's also extremely nice and wonderful. But every chance I get, I try to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. Um, and if you can go for it, get one of the, the themed suites, you know, um, those those are really really nice too. The Adventureland Suite and things. I've stayed in I think four of those, and those are really nice. The E-Ticket Lounge. You can watch the fireworks show from the E-Ticket Lounge, and they pipe in the soundtrack from the fireworks. Um, they have cookies and pastries and things up there. Um, it's just an incredible experience to stay there. The magic and the feeling and the vibe that you get, you know, from being there. It's just 
you know that you're at some place really, really special. And I, I don't get that same feeling like from a from another place that's there. Um, and it's uh, you'll know it when you're there. You'll know that feeling when you're there. So, Don, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your little passion project for the Rathers? Yes, I okay. So in two thousand nine or so, I started a project to get uh, Jack and Benita rather named as Disney Legends, and I sent mails and did phone calls and and texts and things to the people that I knew that were kind of in charge of that. And finally, in two thousand and eleven, I get this um, email from a guy there. Uh, and he says, you can stop bothering us now. Jack and Benita have just been named Disney Legends. They're going to be officially uh, put in at D23 in 2011. Um, I got to go there and speak. Chris Rather was there. He did a speech, you know, while his dad was being uh, uh, presented on stage. Um, and then th we got to see the four princesses uh, inducted as Disney Legends. It was uh, the Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mulan and oh, I forgot the fourth one. And they did a a medley of the songs from the shows, and we got to see that, and that was just incredible. But uh, my next project is to get Jack Rather and Bonita Rather on a window on Main Street, and those are for people that did a significant contribution to the success and popularity of Disneyland. And I can't think of anybody who's more deserving than Jack because. He built the hotel that that helped to have more people come see Disneyland. They stayed the night and they went to Disneyland a second and third day. And he kept up the quality the, to Disney's expectations of a, a quality establishment so that they realized that they were staying in someplace special. So Jack and Bonita need a window on Main Street. And I know right where it'll go over by the Hotel Marceline um, in a little kind of cul-de-sac in there right off of Main Street. What better place to put it in, than in the Hotel Marceline? Um, and uh, uh, I want that to be done next. And I just uh, resume some lobbying efforts for that. All right. And why don't you go ahead and tell everyone about your your uh, website? I have a I have a website. It's www.magicalhotel.com. And um, I have um, my first book, I think I only have about eight or nine copies left in hardbound. Um, but I also have a publisher. I redid my first book in softbound, and that's the oldmillpress.com. Um, and I have a softbound version of my first book with all new pictures in that one. Um, and that's available at the Old Mill Press. Uh, the hardbound book is only available on magicalhotel.com and I also have my 50s book on there too uh, so if they want to go to that and pretty soon I'll be announcing when the third book is coming out um, but the third book I mean it's been four years I've been working on it for four years so it's going to be absolutely incredible if I do say so myself with the with the pictures and the stories and the text and everything that I've got. Um, that'll also be available uh, either on the Old Mill Press or MagicalHotel.com for that one. Or they can write to me through Facebook. My contact details are on my Disneyland Hotel, the Early Years Facebook page. Um, and I post quite a few 
amazing pictures on that too from the hotel's history um, and i take requests if people have something that's a memory i'll try to post a picture for them um, and it's getting a lot of good traction uh, the, the thing that i like to see the most is when people write to me and say hey you just brought back a very happy memory for me and i i was i had a smile on my face all the all day because i saw a picture where i spent my honeymoon you know 40 years ago or 50 years ago and it brought back a lot of wonderful memories you know and that's cool i I love hearing that awesome yeah that's 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 pretty amazing um i i have one last question for you don um so with the with the whole life of the rathers and things like and 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 their impression on the disneyland hotel can you give us just a little uh insight of how walt walt's reaction was i know you you mentioned a couple times how he was towards it but did he always want changes to the hotel itself? Was was Walt always satisfied with it? Or did he just step back and say, you know, you're the guy, you 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 do it the way it should be done? Well, I have a, a tremendous amount of memos and documents. Um, gosh, I probably have 35,000 different documents and everything. And every single one that relates to Walt meeting with uh uh, with Jack Rather or Roy, his brother Roy, um, they both talk about what a great relationship they've had and how how they couldn't even imagine how this could have gone any better. You know their partnership in this uh, this experience and how pleased they were at what Jack was adding and and how you know how much it enhanced the overall. Uh, uh, guest experience with the Disneyland stay or the D- Disneyland hotel stay. And then the visit to the park, they just kind of went hand in hand. Um, and like I said before, Jack rather knew that, you know, he was second fiddle to the, to the magic kingdom. He knew that, you know, that was the precursor to the main event. And he was happy with that, but he said, there's no reason why people can't have a good time while they're at my hotel as well. Uh, but, but, Walt Disney would always send Jack Rather every year around the November, early December timeframe, what he called a gold card. And what a gold card was, was a pass to get into Disneyland for you and up to X amount of guests. And he would always accompany with a letter to Jack Rather. Uh, And I know it was personalized because it mentioned their kids' names. It mentioned Bonita and things. And it said, you know, we've had a really good run and and we're so pleased with everything. Um, And I have, I think, nine or ten of those. Um, I have the the one from um, Walt's secretary, a copy of the one from Walt's secretary from um, uh, 19... when when he was about to get his 1967 pass and it said, uh, you know, we didn't expect Walt to pass away, but Walt wanted you to have this. And he mentioned this while he was in the hospital that he wanted you guys to have the gold pass for 1967, but he passed away in December of 1966. And she said, this was really important that I get you this information. So the relationship between them was just, was just really good. And, and, and and positive and everything went hand in hand you know uh, they would go over and look at things disney would go over and look at things um and they would say that's just great that's going to help us tremendously uh, one other thing that there was a little bit of trouble is um the disneyland hotel also had a thing called the monorail bar and it 
from time to time, some of the Disney executives would uh, take the monorail over to the monorail bar and they would kind of show up at work, not really in a condition to work, if you know what I mean. And there was a letter one time saying, hey, please limit, you know, what my employees are, are doing over there. You know, we're going to we're going to keep them away from that place. Uh, as much as we can, but I thought that was kind of funny, and the guys got it because they, they it was cleaned up right away. Uh, but that's that was you know not a major rift or anything, but everything was always just positive and and uh, and you know upfront and 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 a wonderful relationship. All right, Don, well, thank you for coming on tonight. This this has been fantastic. Yeah. I think we learned a lot from, yeah, about the Disneyland Hotel and. The, the importance it, it continues to be in uh, Disneyland itself. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's still, I mean, and some of the things that they've added, like I said, the DVC tower and the pools and everything, it's still a wonderful experience. I highly recommend try it at least once in your life uh, to go there. You won't regret it. It's a, it's a fantastic experience. And I want to thank you guys for having me on because obviously this is one of my favorite, uh, favorite subjects and, and I, I love talking about it. Oh, we Great. really appreciate everything that, you know, you came on and shared. I pray, I'm going to pray that your idea for that Disney plus show happens. And if you ever put together a little, uh, you know, um, a petition to get those windows on Main Street, we will be some of the first to sign Absolutely. as well because this is awesome. So thank yeah, cool. you for all you're doing. And if I go to Disneyland this summer, I will definitely be trying to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. Let me know when you're going and I'll I'll, I'll walk you around and show you some of the historical sites. And oh, I mean awesome. that. I'll, I'll, go down, I'll, I'll go down there and, and stuff right. and you'll like it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you. There you go. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, we want to thank you all for tuning into another episode of Sharing the Magic. As always, please hit the follow button to stay up to date on the latest episodes. And please tell all your friends to tune in wherever they listen to awesome podcasts like this one. You can also find us on social media such as Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Sharing the Magic Pod. And until next time, keep sharing the magic.